What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Rules Podcasts, and with me as always, it's the avocado to my Gary God Good Speed. It's Jake. How you doing, buddy? I'm okay. I don't get the reference even a it's, little bit. It's from a show called Final Space. It was advertised on a bunch of comics for a little while. Um, it was actually like I started watching it just ran, like because it was on when I was in my hotel after my Spartan race. And I was like, because I thought it looked stupid, like a Rick and Morty knockoff. But then, like, I watched like one episode. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I am so into it. And so, like, I watched the first two seasons on HBO Max, all of them, and it's really, really good. And then I found out it's been canceled after the third season, so no more Final Space. But if you got HBO Max, watch it. You're gonna really, really like it. Get like wait, like the first couple episodes, kind of rough, but then after that, it gets gets really really good can't the same be said about literally any tv show someone tells you to watch something they're like the first couple episodes you know but then you'll get hooked i don't know i mean and this is also like a 30 minute episode like i had people telling me game of thrones you could watch that just like give it the first season of this hour-long every episode show who said that who said the whole season several people did and i'm like i'm not i couldn't even get into the first three episodes whoever said that's stupid a whole season that's ridiculous to say same with walking dead yeah well you've seen one season you've seen them all give it the first six seasons and then like it'll it'll get good right but no like final because it's like by the time like you get um like some of the other characters because it starts off with just gary really like on a ship by himself and like it's you know not much it's kind of funny but it's also like it's trying really hard to be funny but then when like the actual like it's an ensemble cast type of cartoon show when they more of them get in it gets a lot better okay give it three seasons Mm -hmm. and then come back to me (laughs) (laughs) well it's gonna be a while because i'm only about 200 episodes into naruto and you know there's like 2000 more yeah no just kidding i'm like 50 episodes in but still well you don't have to read this one so that's a little better yeah but i I don't mind reading it i get really tired me i mean i remember i that's one thing i do i will say i think it's funny i remember early on in our friendship you and me both were like i don't really want to be reading my tv shows thank you very much and now you're like dub no thank you Dude, I'm high class. It's not just anime. If I'm watching anything, subtitles are on. Yeah, you're like, you're like, yeah. List letter, Kenny. I'm gonna go to the the native Canadian subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of times, my girlfriend, I love her dearly. She goes to bed like four hours before me. So if I've got the TV on low, I always have subtitles on so that I can keep yeah. watching. I mean, let's be honest, though. Your girlfriend's probably going to bed at like a normal person time and you're staying up late like a crazy person. So, you know, it's it's a little mix of both. Okay, it's a mix of both. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, how was your week, man? I mean, it's it's going to be a long one, long several in a row. But, you know, we just started harvest. So so how long about how long does harvest take you? If everything I mean, goes according to plan, I'm I'm gonna say probably like over a month. 
because like yeah. you have to we have to pick everything cut everything and then work all the ground so and so that, and everybody then, is hearing casey one day into harvest let's see how it goes progressively for the next yeah. month <laughs> yeah and it's like working grounds the thing that's going to be like it's really just kind of like how long do you want to work so you know right. those days those days i'll be doing like maybe 15 hours on non-podcast days <laughs> <laughs> like sorry farm it's podcast night you gotta get where the real money's at. <laughs> <laughs> what is your shirt, by the way? Like clearly it says oh, Casey, but it's it was my uh 30th birthday gift from my sister. It says Casey, and it's got 30, and it's got Kong and Mecha Godzilla on it. Right on. <laughs> I think it's great. She was like, she was like, Yeah. So like I was on this website, like this advertisement thing popped up on you know social media it was like for kids birthdays and it was like <laughs> eight years old and she's like i wonder if it goes up to 30 and so it did so she's like i'm gonna get this for him <laughs> that's hilarious all right well now we can get into what i personally would describe as an abysmal news week compared yeah. to like last week where we had like 40 minutes of news this is not that um, yes. Yeah, so if you were here for the news, sorry, <laughs> it'll be a real short one for you, but yeah, let's see. I only had a whopping three items, Casey. So I'll let you do a couple if you'd like, maybe like a All two, right. one, two, one scenario. Fine by me. So Russell T Davies is coming back as showrunner on Dr. Who. So that's like a lot of people really excited about that. I'm kind of like, eh. I mean, it's hard for me to get overly excited about Doctor Who anymore after Moffat kind of killed all of my love for it. But, you know, there's... Um, it's like, I, I kind of feel bad for him because I mean, I'm sure he's excited about it, but it's also like, it seems like a step back for his career. But he's making that money, so good for him. Hey, and what if he loves it? What if that's what he wants to do, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure 100% he does love it. So, and hey... You're probably gonna get to see J- Captain Jack again. That's More than true. likely, <laughs> he loves that guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, I mean, uh, when I mean when you got me into it, he was still the showrunner, right? Pretty much. I mean, like by the time you and me both got into it, it was like the David Tennant specials. So it was like pretty much over. But at the same time, like it was taking like years for each one to come out. So, yeah, pretty much. But, right. You know, we were very much on the cusp of the Moffat era. Right. Which I enjoyed a bit of. But, man, I I just could not do. Oh, man. What was the doctor before this lady doctor? I'm blanking on the actor. Capaldi. Capaldi, yeah, Peter Capaldi. I, yeah. I watched one or two and I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever watched. And I stopped. Like, I was mildly interested, but it was just like, if Moffat wasn't there, I would have really given it a try. But like, I was so worn out on Moffat yeah. with him just being like, I'm very smart. And then it's just like, like with the Weeping Angels, when I came up with them and then I decided to make them like, Amy's they were like a reflection on Amy's eye so she had to close her eyes the whole time but like they couldn't move and get her for some reason because reasons and oh, I'm oh man smart stuff <laughs> it's 
like you made like a really cool thing and you ruined it. Like right. it's terrible. Yeah. I even like the the episodes that I watched, I thought Capaldi was a good doctor. I just couldn't uh just couldn't deal with the writing. But yeah. It is what it is. And then also on old creators coming back to different, you know, shows, your old, your old, like guy that you actually are a fan of JMS is coming back to, you know, in quotes, reboot Babylon five. They're saying it's a reboot, but it's like, and it's with CW. And I have a feeling it's probably not, it's going to be like a non reboot. Like when they call things reboots anymore. And it's just like, Oh no, we're just bringing it back. Cause was, like, you're not going to bring the same creator on in my opinion, just to be like, okay, now I'm going to reboot the series that I created to do the same exact thing. It's like, no, I bet you you're going to get stuff from the first one, but then it's going to be like, you know, good for new people and old fans too. That's what I'm getting, but everything I read said reboot. Cause like, there's no way he wasn't thinking of things over the years. That was like, yeah, I could, I could go back and like do this. So uh, I never watched that show. Neither did I. Everyone says it's really, really good. I've never watched, honestly, any of his stuff that was like on TV. I've only ever read a little bit of like a tiny bit of his Spider-Man and a little bit of his Thor and then his abysmal Superman. So, you know. Right. Is that Was that the Earth One? Well, Earth One is actually good. I'll say that like. Not like great, but like if someone came into your shops, like I really want like a good Superman Earth One or a Superman origin story, you'd be like Earth One's fine. Um, you know, go with Birthright if you have if you if it's there, but Earth One's fine. But he also did that Superman walking across America because he needs to get closer to the American, you know, to people, and then it's like this really weird, bad story that you know he just like. It's like Superman's going around and then he finds this kid that's getting beat by his dad and he like, oh, I'm so mad at you, dad. And he like gets his arrest the guy, though, and like he cleans out some like he doesn't have money to pay for his food. So he organizes their you know shelves. It's just like, <laughs> OK, exactly what you want from a Superman story. Yeah, it, it was pretty rough. <laughs> well, hopefully the new Babylon 5 is enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, you gonna check it out? No, I don't. I just feel like that's probably not a great jumping on point. Well, I mean, it, I think it. I think this would be the ideal jumping on point, unless you wanted to start all the way at the beginning, since it is a reboot. But I would want to start at the beginning. Fair enough. Yeah, I just you know me as a person, but yeah. I'm not going to do that. So, what about you? No, I have no interest. Okay, well, that clears that up. Um, Speaking about things that do interest me, apparently Amazon has a live-action She-Ra in early development. So early that that is all the info that is out there on it. Wow. I'm surprised they can do that. I fear that would be a Netflix property. Yeah, you'd think so, but but it's not. They're they're different for some reason. Yeah. well, I mean that's cool. I guess I don't know anything about Shira. I know you like her, so mm-hmm. you know, hope it's uh, not going to be terrible. I hope so too. I mean, Amazon usually does a pretty good job. 
Yeah. And they, they can throw a lot of money at it. So that's a plus. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a dang old fact. Um, so we got some Aquaman news, two different things. It was kind of weird. So the new Aquaman casting, we got India Moore as Karshun, Johnny Zhao as Stingray, and Vincent Reagan as Atlan. So Stingray is a character that's just made for the movie. Uh, Karshun is a shark with uh, intelligence and mind powers, uh, originally Green Lantern villain. And Atlan is the original ruler of uh, Atlantis. So, I mean, I guess they're interesting. I I don't know these these characters really or the actors so it doesn't really do much for me but you know we still got amber heard so that's a plus yeah uh i mean apart from her being a terrible person i like i like the first movie and i'm excited for the second one so you know yeah Um, i'm not more or less excited i'll say yeah no it's just like this this has just kept me at a at a seven for it you know Mm-hmm. but we are also getting an animated Aquaman trilogy on HBO Max I don't know if we reported this already but I didn't remember anything about this but they have uh, like a poster out that I saw and it's just like this kind of goofy looking Aquaman thing uh, the first episode drops October 14th interesting I had no idea I mean is it like going to be a kid thing I mean, it. just looking at it, it gives me like Adventure Time vibes. Oh, Aquaman, King of Atlantis? Kind, yeah, maybe it kind of like, uh, actually gives me more of your th- favorite Thundercats show vibes. Dude, that is 1000% what I'm getting from this. Like, it's got to be the same studio, right? Yeah. Huh. Well, moving on. Yesterday, uh, The Witcher got renewed for a third season. Season two drops December, but they greenlit season two before season one dropped. So this wasn't really that surprising. I like to think all of the execs just kind of walked in and saw like a shirtless Henry Cavill. And they're like, "Okay, another season it is. (laughs) So they're I mean, they've released a couple like clips and stuff. And I told you last time we talked about this, that they're doing my favorite short story in this season. Um, But I watched the little like teaser they gave on it and they're changing stuff up from how it was done in the books. So I'm willing to wait and see how it all plays out. I'm like, you didn't need to change it. This, This was good already. I don't know why they're doing it. Unless they're, yeah. you know, doing the whole show a little bit different, in which case they're allowed to do that. But I hope that it's good. Yeah, hope so, too, man. I mean, I have a feeling since I will not probably ever read those books or probably won't even play the video games that I'm going to enjoy it. So I hope you can, too. <laughs> but um, so Entertainment Weekly posted Stargirl pictures and uh some of the pictures we got were John Wesley ship as the flash again, looks great. Um, you also get the rest of the original JSA. Like these costumes are just looking fantastic. I like, I've not seen a single episode of this show, but like, I'm like, man, I need to go back and watch it. Cause it's like, that's actually got me kind of hyped. I sent them to you and we already talked about it, but like, how are you feeling towards it? I love it. I, I think 
John Wesley's ship is a really good J. And I think it's a role that he really likes to play. <laughs> At least it mm-hmm. seems like it. And yeah, that that picture of the J, like the OG JSA standing together looks awesome. Specifically, my personal favorite, Our Man. I think they nailed it on the costume. I, I'm going to say this too, though. He looks better in that than he did anytime I saw him in Flash. Mm-hmm. Like the for some reason, the Flash costume, it kind of gets like early fox x-men type vibes and this one i didn't get those vibes which is crazy because it's like you don't even see the see him in action and yet he's still looking way more j-like than he ever did before right no it's it's a perfect casting i love it yeah and then my last bit of news uh this is kind of like a bigger news thing the administrators of steve ditko's estate filed a termination notice on spider-man if if successful marvel could lose the rights to spider-man in june of 2023 odds are all that's going to come from this from this if anything is steve ditko's estate is going to get a lot more money the main downside though is like i read that he steve ditko didn't have a wife or any heirs so it's like this estate is like a group of lawyers or whoever he left the money to so it's like i hope the money they get goes towards like the comic initiative or something like that then because it's kind of sucks that it's like you know the old creator that kind of got screwed over by a big corporation is now all that money is going to be going to a bunch of people that don't need it but you know whatever yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think of was, oh, they're just doing this to get a bunch of money, a bunch of Disney money, so that they can keep that name. Yeah. I mean, it's not possible, but I rem- I remember there was, like, talks, and it's like, oh, yeah, this can't happen. It's not ever going to happen. It's not possible. But, of like, when the uh, Superman estate did basically the same thing with Superman, and we saw, like, oh, they had to do some changes and all this crap, and then you know dc just like has to pay them x amount of money it's like there was talks though of like them just being like well we're just gonna sell them over to marvel it's like that can't happen but what if spider-man went to dc that'd be pretty crazy <laughs> dude oh man it, it would like i don't actually want it to happen but just to see the marvel fanboys reaction would i mean the, this is a family-friendly podcast but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think it would be uh, it'd be hilarious to see them start going like, who cares about Peter Parker? The real one that I care about is Miles Morales and, you know, Spider Gwen and Peter Porker. That's the good ones. Right. Yeah. Just I, I was never really into Spider-Man that much. <laughs> yeah. It's like Miles is the Miles is the one that brought me in. That's my Spider-Man, you know. Right. It is interesting. We'll see what. Uh... We'll report back when we see what happens. Yeah, like I, I honestly hope. I mean, like I'm not gonna root for uh, Disney or you know, like anybody like that because it's just like if this works out for the Ditko State, it's like yeah, like I was kind of complaining, like oh, whatever. But then like the more I think about it, I'm also like, well, this is also good for like the writers now. Like James, if they win this, and then like DC starts making a ton of money off like Ghostmaker or you know, punchline or whatever. And James Tynan's like, I'm not seeing any of this. And then he can do this type of crap too. Then 
that would be great for you know these creators that are because it seems like creators anymore they don't really like using these old characters as much like villain wise they want to create their own so if they can keep doing that and then actually make you know make money off of that that'd be fantastic man if they just got paid for the work that they did isn't that a crazy idea? yeah i know it's like it's crazy they have to go through the court system to do this but you know whatever yeah all right and my final thing so i'm i'm sure you saw casey but i did i saw the outrage too yeah a super mario movie was announced for 2022 during the nintendo direct that happened this week now before we get into that i just want to say it was one of the best nintendo directs i've ever seen i usually try to watch all of them because i like to stay hip on all the nintendo stuff going around uh but they announced a new kirby game you know i love kirby so i'm very excited about that um that night they dropped free dlc for super mario golf's uh, super rush on the switch which i've been playing religiously with my girlfriend lately so we uh we got the two new characters and two new courses that they dropped and uh a whole bunch of this like a new splatoon which i don't play but you know i know that that's like a huge property for them and just a whole um, bunch of other stuff the f-zero x sequel f-zero triple x it's a porn parody also <laughs> but speaking of that you'll be able to play f-zero uh, uh, on the you know n64 sega arcade that they're adding f-zero so. x well sorry i left out the x because anyway. F-Zero is already able to be played on the Super Nintendo Switch part. Duh. Okay, nerd. The point <laughs> is, very excited about emulators for N64 and Sega. And I love that they're putting out an N64 and Genesis controller that's compatible with the Switch. It's like, man, I hope they're good and not like, you know, bad Mad Cats level of controller. But we'll yeah. see. You know what I think is funny too, though. I remember, like in the '90s, it was like you're either Sega, you're either a Sega Genesis or you're a Super Nintendo. Now it's like, hey, we're friends. So I can't wait twenty years from now when the Amazon Super Player Five Thousand is going against the Playbox, <laughs> and <laughs> you better patent that term right now. I know the Casey Morse Playbox. <laughs> Here's my question, because it, it was before uh, you moved to town and we were friends, but which were you? Were you a Nintendo kid or a Sega kid? So I was a Sega, we had a Sega Genesis, but then like, we also had a Sega Saturn, but then we got the N64 and that was a big part. And then like one day I was walking, we were walking in a Toys R Us and I saw a Super Nintendo and a Godzilla game. And I was like, I want this. So I also got a Super Nintendo way later on, like in fourth grade. So, yeah. you know, a little bit of a little bit of each, but it was mostly like growing up, it was a Sega Genesis family. Yeah, same here. Went from NES to the Genesis. Uh, and I didn't I didn't have a uh, a Super Nintendo for a long time. And I, I still have it, which I think is cool, but yeah, like Callan, our mutual friend Callan, was also a Sega kid, but we were like the only ones that at that time that I knew that had a Sega. Everybody else was Super Nintendo. But that's crazy. Yeah. Cause like in Finley, it's all Sega Genesis. 
Really? That's yeah. cool though. <laughs> yeah. So it was either Sega Genesis or they just didn't have video games and they're like, what magic are you talking about? A blue hedgehog. <laughs> Man, that, that's how you change a kid's life right there yeah. is with Sonic the Hedgehog. But dude, we uh, he probably didn't have this game. It was very bad. But this old Sega game for or for the Sega, it was a DC game. It was like a fighting game. You could be like had like Dark Side was one of the one of the bad guys. I had like three bad guys. It was like Dark Side. Um, who's that pink dude? That was a Justice League villain that could mess with people's brain. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Despero. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And then a chick. I don't remember who the girl was. And then like the good guys is like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Arrow. Um, was that like, like a dude. Marvel versus Capcom Nick knockoff? No, because it wasn't even like those games are good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna no, have to Google this now. And like, because I remember they came out around the same time as like that Hawkman toy I had. And it had the weird armor, and then like they also had a coloring book also that had the same stuff going on. Justice but, League Task Force. Maybe I'm gonna Google that and I'll find out if that's right or not. But. Yeah, that I looks I, pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I remember thinking it was pretty good, but then, like, I've talked to my brother about it, and he's like, no, that's really bad. <laughs> this has got to be it, dude. There, there's a, a screen cap of Dark Side versus Flash. Yep, that is it. Wow. Well, you know, that, that game walked so that Injustice could run. <laughs> there you go. They made a whole comic about it, too. Like, look at that. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen plenty of of that book. I, I think I've got yeah. some at Comic Headquarters on Telegraph Road in St. Louis, Missouri. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, man, I wonder if the comic's good though, because like some of the covers are pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'd be curious about it because it's like also like I like I said, I think that's the same thing that had that toy line that they made that I bought. Or I got like a Green Lantern, a Flash, and a Hawk man from aldi and then or i mean not aldi alco <laughs> sorry both a's and then um they had a coloring book too with it that i had that i used to color nice it's all grays and blacks and white <laughs> your three favorite colors yep <laughs> all right so let's talk about this movie because they, uh, it's being put out by Illumination and Nintendo. And here's the cast. We've got Chris Pratt as Mario. Charlie Day as Luigi. Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. Jack Black as Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek. Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, our favorite Nintendo character. And uh, Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike. And then the original Mario voice actor, Charles Martinet, is going to make a cameo. Um, some of those I think are fine. Dude, Seth Rogen, I just, I hate his voice so much. I don't want to hear yeah. this anything, you know? Yeah, I mean, it would have been... <sighs> It would have been fine, but like as Donkey Kong, it's pretty bad. But also, like, if you've ever seen the Donkey Kong cartoon, that like 
Donkey Kong just has never had a good voice actor. So it's like, whatever. I mean, hearing Seth Rogen not even talk, he just goes the whole time. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> See, and that's that. I'm, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. It's like Keegan-Michael Key is Toad, but any time Toad's in a game, he just screams. <laughs> so I, I hope that that's what happens. Dude, I have a feeling. The best in the, the new golf game, because if you do anything, Toad in the background will just go, wah! <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I, ha- I hope that like at least there's some like bloopers like you know how shrek used to make animate their own bloopers if there's at least a few of you know toad just screaming like doing the toad scream but then some of these i think are fine like honestly i think jack black is fine i don't know how i feel about chris pratt as mario like i want to hear the voice first before i am too harsh on that but uh, Fred Armisen is cranky is fine. And then Kevin Michael Richardson is a legendary voice actor. He's going to kill it as Kamek. So like to me, it's very much just like it's going to be fine. You know, like you're like people were throwing a fit because it's like Chris Pratt. It's, it's more. It's like, no, I mean, I want the most stereotypical Italian voice out there, but they're not They're They're going to get a name. You know, it's like we yeah. can't just have random italian man that they found on the streets of venice as mario like that's not a thing <laughs> as much as i wish it was but you know so i hope that nintendo is. people love this movie as much as i love the sonic movie really because yeah i mean that, that's all you can ask for in something like this so i'm looking forward it'll, to it i have a feeling it'll be better than the sonic movie just because they aren't gonna be like okay and then also here is steve the real human that's gonna be hanging out with him you know <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that that aspect he was great though he was no great. i mean i'm james marston is a you know great actor that you know but it's just like man who was like man we we need to make a sonic movie but let's throw in a human being that you know uh, is a like sonic co- 06 video game sir <laughs> <laughs> how how often in that game was he just like okay let's ride in your car not often but he still wanted to make out with a human girl which is still not okay <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh i think it's mostly exciting there was just a couple you know a couple questionable ones there but but anyway i you know no matter what, it's probably going to be better than the 1993 live action <laughs> Mario Brothers movie that we got, right? And the TV Dude, there, show that followed. There was a meme that I saw that, like, it was a, it is a Spider-Man trilogy meme. So, like, you already know it's going to be gold. And it's the part when they have, like, the old Spider-Man suit on the wall. He's like... I thought he was a menace, but I knew he was a hero. Yeah, you know, I found he was a hero too late. And it's the picture of this new, like the old Mario movie. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm just like, that's fantastic. Man, that, that, the show, like, I, I remember the show more than the movie. The show was such a wild ride. Dude, I don't, man, I didn't even know there was a show. Yeah. Uh, I think it was called like the Mario and luigi super show or something like oh, okay. that like it was it was crazy dude the movie was like a staple in the in the morse household growing up was it yeah like it's one of those things where 
just like the 98 Godzilla film where it's like, oh yeah, you just like this name of a thing. So you're gonna love this. Just like the Street Fighter movie, which I still love today because it's like hilarious. Wait, which one? The good one with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, sure. It is a yeah. good one. It's hilarious. Like the, yeah. the part when he gives his big speech uh, to all the soldiers and that they're like, yeah, this war is over. We can go home. And they're like, and he's like i'm not going home and they're like yeah let's possibly die and stay away from our families (laughs) i just found out for all those that are interested you can watch the super mario brothers super show on amazon prime video oh surprisingly not really surprisingly it only lasted one season but uh but, but check it, it was out. an anim- animated series back then so it's like 320 episodes would <laughs> <laughs> be i remember the end of each episode they would do like like one of them was like a rap song but it was the live action uh actors doing it oh it, it was terrible but that's in the hilarious. best way possible yeah that's hilarious but anyway uh yeah so i think that's all the news right yeah crazy we still managed to ramble for way too long but yeah i feared we did all right so let's take our advertising break and when we come back we'll talk some comics so we'll be right back all right anyway welcome back all thanks for listening to the ad or if you would like to hear about Casey's proposed new, I don't know, spinoff? Not really a yeah, spinoff, I mean, it, addition. It would be like, just be like a, a new a new weekly show. Yeah, then uh, then go over to the YouTube. That's just Two Worlds Podcast on YouTube. And let us know what you think, if it's something that you'd want to hear. We're probably going to do it regardless, but still, let us know either yeah. way. yeah. All right, Casey, let's get into the comics, my friend. I'm going right. to ready up the timer for the Hour Man comic talk extravaganza. But you go ahead and you tell me what books All are. Right. So I read Just Sleek Last Ride, uh, number five, The Flash, 774, Chu, number eight, Gamma Flight, number four, Stillwater, number 10, Aquaman, The Becoming, one of six, Shazam, number three of four, Batman 113, uh, The Death of Doctor Strange, number one, and The Last Ronin, number, what is it, four? Yeah, issue four. Yeah. I have made a fatal mistake, Casey. Uh-oh. I forgot to grab Batman. <laughs> Ooh. It's getting that forgettable for you, huh, bud? No, it's not. I got shorted <laughs> this week. Oh, Okay. And uh, I, I had every intention of getting it on like Comixology or something and then just forgot it was out because I didn't see it I on the shelf you, all week. Yeah. Well, thank you for getting it for me. You're welcome. You know, I, I take care of my people. And if you're listening to this and didn't get one, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's for the show, right? Yeah, it's for the show. And I get a lot of comics for you. So I'm, I get VIP status sometimes. Absolutely. All right. Well, for me, I read The Last Ronin number four, uh, Norse Mythology number four, Catwoman 35, Death of Doctor Strange number one, Nightwing 84, 
Moon Knight number three, Aquaman the Becoming number one, Shazam number three, Batman Secret Files Miracle Molly, and Suicide Squad King Shark number one. So Casey, you tell me the order of the ones we read together that you would like to read. Oh, yeah, I say we just try to do Aquaman, Shazam, Doctor Strange, and Last Ronin. That sounds good to you. Sure, man. All right. So I'll just start with Just League the Last Ride since you talked about it last week. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it a good bit. We got a bunch of action. My main thing that like really annoys me with this, the more I think about it, is the whole like Superman being angsty mad at Batman over martian manhunter just giving up his like basically like oh being a hero you know on a suicide mission right. and like that part still just kind of annoys me but i'm enjoying like the the big reveal at the end and all of the crap that's going on it's pretty dang cool like everything in it is cool it's just like superman's kind of out of character wonder woman's not like it sucks that she you know even in the past she still has to be kind of like the mom to be like my boys need to stop fighting and fight together. But, you know, it's like, sucks for her, but it makes sense. And the whole power battery stuff is pretty cool. And you, you just know Lobo is the one pulling these strings. He's like, you know, he's gotta be the one that's doing all this crap. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I, I like the first couple, but like three and four had me like super hooked or four and five, yeah. whatever the most current one is yeah because it's like you have all these different villains like converging on this spot and they're all doing it for different reasons and then like lobo's just laughing like you know he's this is a hundred percent his plan and it's awesome yeah so yeah for me i'd give it a nine out of ten i really liked it good i'm glad all right oh I'm really little... quick uh-huh. i know you already said but that's by zadarsky with um What's the dude's last name or first name? I mean, I can read the last name. Oh man, this is messing up my colorblindness with the way that that red's hitting that green. Um, Miguel Min uh, Doka on the art. All right. So Norse mythology number four. It's felt like uh, it's been a little while since the last one of these came out, so I was excited to see it. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while since I read Norse mythology. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this was written by Neil Gaiman and P. Craig Russell, and then um, art is done by Mark Buckingham and uh, P. Craig Russell. I guess it said script and layouts, but. Anyway, this was a, a pretty cool story. I actually knew uh, I knew this story going into it. Like some of these, I'm like, oh, I haven't heard this one before. But this one, I definitely did. And it's when um, Thor and Loki and one of Thor's servants go to the fortress of this really powerful giant and the giant asks them each what they're best at and loki says eating the servant says running and thor says drinking so then the giant uh, brings out somebody to challenge each of them and what they think they're best at 
and all three of them get destroyed by their competition. But then you find out at the end that, uh, that the giant is tricking all of them with illusions and they actually are, are the best at what they think they're good at. And the guy was like, yeah, I was just testing to see if you guys were actually that good. And now that I know you are, I'm going to take my fortress and go far away. And I never want to run into you guys again. And then that's kind of how it ends. It's, it's a really good story. It's perfect for this one issue format. Uh, I really, really loved it. The, the silliest part that I, that always makes me chuckle. And you'll see by the cover there, Casey, it's Thor trying to lift this large cat and, uh, you know, after Thor loses his competition, which is a drinking competition, um, I just forgot to start the timer. So I did that, by the way. But oh, okay. uh, Thor, Thor's angry and he wants to fight something or uh, lift something uh, in comparison to a giant. So the giant's like, well, uh, if you can lift my cat, my house cat, then, you know, it proves that you're the strongest one here. And Thor is struggling and only manages to lift the cat's paw. And then you find out that the illusion is that it's not a cat. It's Jormungandr, the world serpent. And, he, and Thor manages to lift some of him off the earth. So that just proves how powerful Thor is. So uh, it's really cool. I like seeing it told in the comic format. So, you know, just like nearly every other issue of this it's like a nine out of ten for me just because it's good old norse mythology and comic format and that's right up my alley you know hercules would have been able to lift that cat no way he no lifted he left the skies or he left the all of the heavens all on his back well the thing is is when you're reading norse mythology those those dang old Greeks, they're nothing in comparison to the Norse gods. So. I mean, it, in all fairness, if you go with just the mythology versions of each, it's like you have to be like kind of a real creep to choose Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, for real. It's like with the mythologies, it's like, no, no, no Norse is by far better because there's way less rape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead, it's just weird. Yeah, it's just, just the, it's like all it's all the weird stuff from the Greek, but you know, not terrible. Right. <laughs> all right. So uh, next for me is Flash seven seventy four, and this is by old um all the same people every time. I should know this because I really love them. Um, Jeremy Adams with uh, Christian Deuce on the art, and this issue was very much like the last last two were kind of filler this one is like super filler wally's gonna take uh irie to a father-daughter dance but then this nightmare dude is making people fall asleep and using and making them have nightmares and then making their nightmares come to life so that he can rob banks and stuff with it it's not not the best but then like irie early on was telling wally all about a dream she had and so she comes up with the idea because like the stuff that's supposed to knock them out only made Irie and Wally human speed. And so all these like crazy nightmare monsters are chasing after him. Irie puts on the helmet and she's like, I'm going to use my dreams to go against them. And so he's like, okay. And then she did. And like early on, she tells him all about the crazy dreams and Wally's like, <laughs> my dreams are like, pretty lame in comparison like i had a dream where i showed up to the watchtower with just my mask and my underwear on 
and you know and like batman made fun of me and she's like oh dad you know like that type of thing and so i just thought how funny would it have been if wally's like don't worry i'll use my dreams instead and it's just like him like in his underwear like oh no not again <laughs> but yeah so they you know her her crazy dream characters as you can see beat him up you know beat up the monsters and then he clocks the dude and then they have a nice dance in paris and stuff father daughter dance in paris instead and then the you know shooting star happens and then it's like this big old sword and that's how the the next you know it's like oh yeah next issue we're gonna deal with this and then you know it's clearly this is the important thing to take away from this issue so really for me it was filler i was pretty not hot on it the art's really good but the story itself is just kind of like and this character just didn't work well as a flash villain like it would have been a pretty cool batman villain but not not for flash i'm gonna give it a probably six out of ten i was not hot on it that's too bad because sometimes when we get filler stories like that for like superman when they go to the county fair it's like oh man that is amazing yeah it sounded like it had the potential it just didn't quite deliver yeah and i 100 percent blame the villain like this guy he's just he just was not a good one for flash yeah okay i'm gonna do batman secret files miracle molly number one i don't know why they put number one because it's just a one shot but it's written by james tynan and art by danny and I just got to say, this was my cover of the week. I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. I love the that colors. Fantastic. Everything about it. It was just amazing. And man, I actually really like this book too. I know you don't care at all about Miracle Molly, but this gave like her origin story. And it's like, man, she had it rough. So like, it just, it kind of made everything make more sense for like the Unsanity Collective and all that. Um. The interior art was interesting. I really like the colors, but the art itself, it's like, it's like there's no outlines to anything. Like everything is just separated by color and it's not yeah. bad. It's not bad. It's just different. Um, but anyway, uh, so Molly's real name was Mary and she was married to this guy and she worked for this robotics firm and you know she had all these ideas to make the robotic stuff better and uh help more people and those nasty uh men that were in charge of the company didn't want to hear her ideas because she's a lady and they can't think and come up with good ideas right so they never wanted to hear her ideas and meanwhile her husband's like pushing her well not pushing her just like keeps asking about like having kids and starting a family but all she wants to do is like work on these robotic stuff and uh, put out products that like help people in the world she's like really set on um i think in particular she's working on a robotic eye which obviously miracle molly has if you've been reading batman this robotic eye so she's like, man, you know, people that are like missing an eye or can't see so well, like I really want to get this product out there to help them. And anyway, her husband's like, look, you know, I support you and I want you to, to, you know, work your way up in this company, but 
it's been a few years and it's just not happening. So maybe you should go talk to your boss and say, Hey, look, this is what I want to do for you guys. And, you know, here's all my ideas to make it happen. And if they say yes, great, then I'll support you in that. But if they don't, maybe it's time to like think realistically and maybe we should pop out a couple kids. So she does that and it does not go well. Uh, the men are, you know, your typical uh, men in suits and companies like this, they put her in her place and say that she shouldn't be up here trying to barge it on their private meeting and blah, blah, blah. So they fire her. And that night, uh, she goes to break back into uh, the robotics lab because they kept her notebook of ideas and basically said, we're going to keep your ideas because these aren't your ideas or the company's ideas. So they want to use her work and not give her any credit for it. So she goes in to steal it. And one of them is there waiting for her and like tries to have her arrested and blah, blah, blah. But she manages to escape with it. And uh, yeah, she finds the guy that runs the Insanity Collective, who's basically telling her all the things she wants to hear and, uh, you know, break away from the boring every day and, you know, chase your dreams and all that stuff. And it all sounds really good to her, especially in this emotional state that she's in and with good reason. So she goes there and undergoes this guy's, you know, crazy transformation experiments that turns her into who we know as Miracle Molly. And he has her choose a name that she wants to go by. And Miracle Molly was her, uh, her like forum name, I guess, you know, when, when she was uh, in the chat rooms at night talking about robotic stuff. So she goes by that. And then, uh, yeah, at the end, it turns out she is stealing uh, some money and very valuable items from uh, her ex-husband and his family, but she has no recollection of them because when she went through the process, she lost her memories. Uh, but anyway, that was pretty much it. It was just her origin story and how she became who she is. Uh, but, you know, you sympathize with her because... Everybody wants credit for their own ideas, right? And uh, <laughs> like what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode, but it was cool, man. It, it made me like the character a little more because now I know why she's doing what she's doing and where she's coming from. So it was pretty cool. The art wasn't my favorite. So I'm going to bump it down to like an eight out of 10. But if this were like Jorge Jimenez doing this, this probably yeah. would have been a 10 because I, I really liked it. Nice, man. Glad you liked it. All right, so next for me is Chew, number eight by John Lehman and Dan Boltwood on the art. And so, yeah, you get a little bit of stuff, you know, about the grandpa. You get a fun little uh, uh, prologue or whatever at the beginning. And then you have uh, Saffron back in time trying to figure out what they're trying to steal because she drank that wine last issue. But the problem was she traveled back in time, but she's drunk. So she doesn't remember what she was wanting to steal. And so, yeah, it's just goes through and she finally figures it out. And then when she comes back, she's like, oh, crap. This guy that we stole a bunch of money from has my people all hostaged up. So that's how it ended. It was pretty cool. I'm really interested in it. This story has been fun so far. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I liked it. 
Nice, man. Glad to hear it. Um, see, I'll go Nightwing next. Nightwing number 84. It's written by Tom Taylor. And the art, which I should have had pulled up, is done by Robbie Rodriguez. Um, yeah, so the, I mean, this essentially because it's a fear state tie in Nightwing's like, you know, getting the call from Oracle that fake call that was put out when she was hacked. It's like every, you know, bat family meet at crime alley because everything's going to crap. And he's like, man, this is bad timing. I just promised the city I was going to change it for the good and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, but, you know, it'll be fine because I'm going to stay true to my word when I come back. So he leaves and goes to Gotham and finds out that, uh, you know, that was a fake thing. And it was pretty, like, the coolest panel in the book he gets there to crime alley and it's an ambush by the magistrates people and the drones but then batman drops in and it's such an awesome panel yeah i just love the art style so the art uh, in nightwing is fantastic oh yeah i i love it so uh so bruce and dick just kind of fall back into the swing of things you know the old batman and robin days and they're beating up the magistrates people and it looks great. The part that I don't like, though, uh, you know, they're like, we got to get out of here. They're going to send more people and drones. Like, we can't use the sewers for some reason, and we can't go up on the rooftops because of the drones. So Nightwing's like, then we need to think outside the box. He smashes the window to these people's apartments, and they go in through there, and he turns to the people, and he's like, we'll pay for the window, and then they're just smashing through walls on apartments saying, sorry. And then the drones are like shooting into these buildings. So Batman's like covering them up with the cape so that they don't get shot. I'm like, this could have been avoided. Just don't go into people's houses and apartments. Like, what are you doing? This goes against it everything you were just talking about in your last issue it was the dumbest thing ever yeah it gives honestly it's just like makes you think of that scene in the dark night that never made sense to me that no one ever talks about when batman's in the bike and he's like driving to get the joker and like there's a traffic jam and the kids are like and then they start blowing up cars yeah and then it's just like it leads you to believe there's people in those cars that Batman's killing. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I don't know. I guess they're like, maybe if it's drawn well enough, they won't question it. Yeah. <laughs> and they almost got me. But I was like, wait a second. This is dumb. Anyway, they get through all that. Nobody dies, I guess. And Bruce is like, or, or Dick asks what he needs to be doing to help. And Bruce is like, well, Barbara lost control of Oracle and we don't know who hacked it. So go to the clock tower and help her. So he goes there and, uh, you know, Barbara's like, hey, I, I'm going out with you to find out who did this because I, I can't outsmart this person until the plot needs me to. And so uh, 
Dick's like, no, Babs, don't, because you've got, you know, experimental tech in your spine, and who knows how long that'll hold up. And anyway, she's like, no, the system I built is being used to hurt my city, my friends, and my family. I'm coming with you. And so she suits up in a pretty awesome-looking Batgirl suit. It's not like... I think it's new. I don't think that that's the one she's been rocking lately. Yeah. Uh, but it anyway, good. it does. So this is going to be a three-part series. Um, so, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm going to read it because it's just going to be Dick and Barbara, you know, kicking the crap out of magistrate people and finding out who was smart enough to outsmart her. It's just like, dude, can we leave out the dumb stuff? Like, you promising to make the world a better place and then ruining three people's houses in almost their lives. No, it's Tom Taylor. Uh, but a lot of people were mad about the whole barber thing on Twitter. Why? Two different reasons. One, they're like, huh, you just are like really offensive to handicapped people by making this one handicapped person into, you know, back into a superhero. Cause you're just like, you know, they use the, term for people that you know are prejudiced against handicapped people i blank on the name and then then other people were like making barbara into you know oracle again look at you you just you know are so such a sjw or whatever like like all it is like both sides both stupid and it's just like no no this doesn't work at all guys you're just it's like i don't like tom taylor very much as a writer but it's like boy if you're drawn at this to be mad about like Come on. Also, dude, like I'll die on the hill that Barbara is the coolest as Oracle. I, you yeah. know, it's nothing she's... against a handicap or anything. She's just way cooler and super useful as Oracle. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Um. Anyway, I don't know. I'm torn because, like. Is it better than the dumb crap that was happening last issue? Yes, but also there's dumb stuff in this and it's only going to be three issues. So it's like, I want to grade it high and low, but I think I'm going to give it a six. The art is a 12 out of 10, but overall I'm going to give it a six because really it's just a tie-in for an event that they need all the Bat family people for. And I just can't get past them breaking through people's walls and expecting that to just be okay. And also, are they really going to remember to go back and pay for that? Like, it's just stupid. Yeah. I'm like, it'd be, I just love the idea of, uh, of like Batman doing like in Batman, uh, Batman Robin. He like pulls out his like Batman Visa card. He's like, here. And he like tosses it to him. Like, oh, thanks. You know, it's like, pay to, pay to fix this with this. <laughs> I agree, dude. All right. So next for me is going to be Gamma Flight Part 4 of 5 by Al Ewing, Crystal Frazier, and Land Medina on the art. And you know, I actually didn't hate this issue. I actually liked it. Ali Ewing just needs to not do hero books. I keep saying, or not hero books, um, team books, because it's like last issue. It was just puck heavy, which I'm fine with, but it's like, it's a team book, you know? And so then this issue, it's very much focused mostly on the old uh, character that he created. I think he created her for this, you know, thing. And yeah, it's just more of that and but they're like there's one part that i really like because like he he writes some fun at least 
blurbs for puck i mean there's times where i'm like i'm not a huge fan of it but i gotta find it because it was it was pretty good because like basically they're going to this town and um like the people there are kind of jerk like our our bad guys that are like becoming gamma infected because and they all decided to because they were listening to am radio which it's very much them you know listening to conservative radio but it's like make it more like they were watching youtubers because like no one's really like not that many people are listening to am radio anymore come on al get out of the 1950s <laughs> but this this line is like um absorb man's like still don't see the point in doing this and then puck's like saving the town from their own worst impulse frankly yeah i've known too many villains a guy wants power whatever his excuse fear hate thinks he's better than you he finds a way to get it take their gamma they'll just find something else this crowd probably guns and then puck goes these people can grow just as you have carl all we can do is take away their ability to hurt themselves and others until then now like that's actually like one a great way to live your life and two really good writing like i'm not gonna deny that and that's the thing it's like there's times where like i'll read tom taylor for instance where he gets very political and i don't like it but then like zadarsky the other day with when he was getting with a daredevil he was talking about like basically talking about the prison industrial complex and this it's like this is both very political but they're not like i was talking about this with my brother today tom taylor when he does it he wants to kind of be like well then the hero fixes it this is the problem hero fixes it this is what you can do in real life if you were jeff bezos you had all the money you could just fix the problems and it's like with this it's like oh no people are not perfect and they can't just fix the problems it's just like you have to just kind of you know try to fix it slowly and all this type of stuff it doesn't just kind of go like here fixed (laughs) easy you know it's like oh no these problems are big it takes a lot more to fix it than just saying here's money or i have superpowers so i'm gonna fix global warming so like i like this a lot more yeah and that's kind of like how what my thought process is now like i guess people like the other but this worked a lot better for me you get some pretty cool fights some scar stuff and yeah it's it's pretty neat like there's a lot of fighting the next issue i feel like there's gonna be a lot of crap going down because this did not come close to resolving anything. And the next issue is the last one. So I don't know how they're going to do it. But, you know, like I said, I really liked it. I was not hot on this for the past two issues. And like the third one was like, okay. And this one was good. So I'm going to give it a eight out of 10. Nice. I'm glad that it's going that way and not the other way. Right. Normally it's a hundred percent the opposite. All right, I'm going to talk about Moon Knight, number three. And this is written by Jed McKay. And the art is done by Alessandro Capuccio. And this whole issue is basically a showdown between uh, Moon Knight. The cover says Hunter's Moon. So I'm going to guess that's what... Uh, this doctor who wants to be the other fist of Conchu is going by. Um, but anyway, I mean, I want to show you what he looks like because he looks pretty awesome. Oh, nice. So like definitely Egyptian themed with all the gold in his armor, but otherwise it's basically just moon night, but with the full moon instead of the crescent. But anyway, this guy starts attacking 
some of the vampires that Moon Knight's protecting because they were unwillingly turned into vampires and don't want to kill a bunch of people. And Did they so, have his money? Was that why he's attacking them? <laughs> That's only Dracula. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, Moon Knight's like, well, I got to stop this guy and tell him that it's not okay to go after my people. And throughout the whole fight, you know, they're yelling at each other and uh, Hunter's Moon, he said something interesting. He was like, when you went through the initiation with Khonshu, did you not get all the memories of the past fists of Khonshu put into your mind? And Mark's like, uh, no, was I supposed to? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that's pretty interesting. So that happened with Hunter's Moon. And uh, anyway, he's like, look, I'm a doctor. I fix broken things. We're supposed to be colleagues. We're both a fist of Khonshu, but you're not doing it right. So I'm going to show you how to do it. And Mark's like, no, you're like killing innocents and that's not how we do things. So I'm going to stop you from doing that. Um, but anyway, at the end, spoiler alert, uh, Moon Knight beats him. And uh, he's like, I hope I don't regret this, but I'm going to let you live. But if you come after any of my people again, next time it's not going to go that way. It's like, you know what I've done in the past to people. And I have no problem doing it again, but to you. So uh, that was basically it. Uh, the the last, man, the art is so good. Like there's the last, can you see that? That does look pretty awesome. Yeah. So it was basically just a go on, get, and don't you come back sort of thing there at the end. And uh, we'll see what happens. But we got a preview of the next issue in the back. And look who that is, Casey. Ooh, some Tigra. Some Tigra. So we'll see what happens next issue. I'm still loving this. I mean, the whole fight was just insane art of like essentially two Moon Knights beating the crap out of each other. And uh, gosh, I love it. I'm just, man, this is, for lack of a better pun, night and day better than that Max Bemis one that we got last time, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good stuff, dude. It's it's a 9 out of 10 for me. Nice, man. All right, so I'm going to briefly talk about DC's Moon Knight, also known as Batman. So this is by James Tynan and Jorge Jimenez on the art, and it's good. Uh, oh, also, they've been advertising Batman The Audio Adventures, and I listen to that. It's not bad. It's no Two Worlds podcast, but it's not bad. Nice. Um, but yeah, so like Barbara's still like, I don't know how to be smart because James Tynan made me dumb and, you know, yelling at the screen and Batman's fight, you know, fighting some baddies and whatnot. And then we get some good fun, like some neat ghost maker stuff and like some backstory with him and you go inside Batman's head. And then you get a whole bit of stuff with you know clown, the clown hunter story afterwards and that's by um brandon thomas and jason howard on the art and like you know how you weren't super hot on the last clown hunter story because you're like oh this is just filler guess what this is like the same story it's not very good it's just like <laughs> it's just it 
like I was like okay with that first one because I just right. like Clown Hunter, but then this one I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. I'm still not interested. Okay. Yeah. That's, so yeah, that's I mean, too bad. Yeah this this is a whole. It's the it, this is a better Fear State issue than the last one in my opinion. I wasn't super hot on the last one. If you guys remember, this one is better, but it still didn't you know rock my socks like I wanted it to. So I'm gonna probably give it a seven out of ten but it's still like i said a better story and it's like interesting where it's going to go from here i will be catching up on it asap whenever i go back into work i, I still can't believe i missed it but yeah i i kind of flipped through it um yours actually before i sent it off to you and i saw that there was like some more ghost maker stuff in it which got me excited i feel like he hasn't been utilized too much yet but it's I'm, like he's I'm a surprised he's a, how much I like him. Yeah, he's a he's a James Tyne cheat code though. That's the main problem. It's like, mm-hmm. oh hey, I'm awesome still. So like, <laughs> sorry, you know. Right. I, so it's like I don't think I think James has got himself written in a corner with that guy. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, Suicide Squad King Shark number one. This was written by Tim Seeley and art was was done by Scott Collins. And essentially, this book is Defacer, who is from Tim Seeley's Nightwing run. It's a girl that Dick had like a thing with. And uh, her whole thing is graffiti. And she gets thrown in uh, Bell Rev because that's where graffiti artists go, I guess. And uh, for some reason, King Shark really likes her and like tries to sit with her at lunch and stuff like that. He just has taken a liking to her. And uh, Defacer kind of gets into it with another superpowered inmate who is like actually superpowered and could kill her. And this girl follows Defacer into the bathroom and goes to kill her. But then King Shark like rips her into pieces and eats her, which is really awesome. And uh, anyway, then it goes to uh, Defacer and Waller's office. And Waller's like, look, the only reason that we get to use King Shark is uh, I have a deal with his father. And like once a year, I have to let, well, they, they, go by his name which is Nana Way, as we learned in the Suicide Squad movie as well it's like Nana Way has to go home once a year for like family related stuff so uh, I'm basically sending you with King Shark and saying if you don't come back I'm gonna set off the bomb in this person's head that you love so I was like okay well like that kind of makes sense because King Shark from what we've seen here lately of him, that's something that would make him stay in line, in my opinion. Um, so anyway, we go and we meet King Shark's dad, who is the god of all sharks. And King Shark fights Orca for a spot in the wild games. And... Uh, it's a fight between the two to see who is the true apex predator of the oceans. Spoiler alert, it's King Shark. It's not Orca. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just disappointed that um, the Harley Quinn show, you know, was wrong and Aquaman isn't King Shark's dad. I know, right? It's a shame. <laughs> uh, 
so anyway, he, Orca doesn't die, but uh, the King Shark messes her up pretty good. And anyway, uh, Nanawe and Defacer get sent off to the Wild Games, and Defacer is basically like, this is all insane. I don't want to be here. Uh, and also, please stop pretending like we're friends because this is all just crazy and I shouldn't even be here. And King Shark gets mad and and storms off. And then, uh, yeah, we see the rest of the contestants for the Wild Games. And one of my favorite parts is the announcer for the Wild Games is none other than Bawana Beast. And nice. I think that is awesome. But uh, it also, it makes me laugh because there's all these, you know, crazy cool looking animal beasts. But then also in the wild games is the best that man has to offer. So it's just a guy yeah, <laughs> who I imagine is going to get absolutely destroyed <laughs> in this tournament. But, uh, but anyway, he actually comes with uh, six pack rings though. Right. Yeah. So he's just going to toss them out and like kill all of them. <laughs> So yeah, it was uh, it was actually pretty cool. It's like Casey mentioned, like this is the kind of thing Tim Seeley excels at, and it worked here. It was it was fun. I think it's going to be a, a really fun six issue miniseries, and I'm definitely on board for the next one. So hopefully it stays this fun. But this was an easy like eight out of ten for me. Nice man, that's good to hear. All right, so what's our time by the way? Twenty seven minutes left or all together left all right so next is stillwater number 10 by chip zadarsky and ramon k perez and yeah so it's kind of like the coup that the kids that aren't really kids they're like 30 something year old kind of comes to fruition like they it kind of shows like how they planned everything how everything happened and how they manipulated a bunch of stuff so that they could gain control you know gain control and how what his plan, you know, what the lead kid's plan is basically for the town, what they're going to be doing. And it, it's pretty interesting, pretty cool. This kid seems like a little bit of a psycho, which, you know, you should expect from being a 13 year old for, you know, what, 30 years. So it's really cool, really interesting. I'm really enjoying this comic and I think everyone should be reading it. It's really, really good. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Excellent. I will briefly talk about Catwoman number 35, which is written by Ram V and art done by Nina Vacueva, who, by the way, is a phenomenal artist and I hope sticks around as the regular artist. Is that the same artist as last time or is it different? I don't think so because I didn't recognize the name. Okay. Um, but I don't know. But I really like how they do like faces and stuff. Like it's just really solid, pretty art. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a fear state tie-in because that's what's going to happen for the next couple of months because it's spooky season. Um, but anyway, Selena is going to go off to Gotham, but then um cheshire and roy's kid whose name uh leon 
is like, hey, I, I found like where this signal was coming from this broadcast and it's a total fake. So <clears throat> I think maybe Alleytown needs you more than Gotham does. But then we see that that group of, uh, you know, Croc, Cheshire, um, Clayface, Knockout, and Firefly are all there. And they're basically, Clayface is like, we're not going to let anything happen to Alleytown because uh, we want to be good people now and not villains. And we want Alleytown to be that, uh, that place that we can call home. So... Meanwhile, Riddler and Penguin have an interesting phone conversation about uh, using a way to bring down Simon Saint and Zane Industries. And I'm really interested in what's going to happen there. And uh, then at the end, it shows a couple characters from the regular Fear State stuff that uh, that's going to tie in. And I'm pretty interested in it. This was actually an okay Fear State tie-in, in my opinion, because it felt enough of a mix of what's going on in Catwoman along with the Fear State stuff, as opposed to Nightwing, where they're just like, nah, we'll come back. We'll come back to that stuff. Uh, it's all Fear State right now. So, uh, But I really liked it. Love the art. Rambi is such a good writer. Um, so yeah, for like, I'm going to give it an eight, but just because it's like, you can tell Rambi's forced to work this into his story, but he's doing it just the best way that he can. So, yeah, that's good to hear, man. Yeah. Okay. So next up is Aquaman, the becoming, and I'll try to find the full creative team. I should have done that earlier, but I'm also, stupid. this might be the first time where we actually alternate one after the other and then meet seamlessly at the ones that we have right. together. <laughs> It worked out well that we, you, know, you forgot Batman, I forgot Catwoman. <laughs> um, but this is by Brandon Tom Thomas with Diego Olortego on the pencils. And, you know, what did you think of it, man? You know, I thought it was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't near as good as that setup was that we got. But there's enough stuff like. Uh, I don't know, like starting that I think I'm interested enough to keep going. Yeah, I'm for sure. interested. like, here's the thing, like the main story itself, I was not super sold on, but like the way that Jackson's written the way, like, you know, the funny things that happen, like that stuff I really liked. Like it's su such a weird thing where it's like, oh yeah, this aqua, you know, this uh, Atlantean that attacks them and then blows up that spot. I'm like, I can't really care about that. But then like when he fought, what was it? The flying fish or whatever stupid name that guy had. <laughs> yeah. And then like the, all the Teen Titans are laughing and then he like shows up. That was funny. And then when he was like stupidly awkward next to that hunky waiter and his mom just kind of gives him that like disappointed mom look like, come on, you've at least saved this city. Maybe not the world, but you can't even talk to a dude that's a your waiter like come on dude right and also i think it's hilarious and i'm picturing um like brave and the bold aquaman voice when he was like and when i get back from mars first thing we'll do is find you a cute boy yeah that was so <laughs> funny like that's that's the thing it's like i love aquaman in here i want more of that aquaman and like i think it's neat that 
it's he's going to Mars, like in that story that I read like a year ago, you know, like hanging out with Frankenstein, which that story was awesome. So it's like, man, I'm hoping hoping we see more of this Aquaman because he's he's great. Yeah. And the art is really good. And it is. Two. And I'm also going to throw this out there with Jackson. It's nice reading him and him not just being a ball of angst. Mm-hmm. Like I, I enjoy the angst as much as the next person that's listened to my chemical romance, but it's like, come on, let's just have some fun. And we got that. Yeah. All right. We'll give it a rating. My friend, I'm going to go with a 7.5. I liked it. I was at seven. So I'm glad you added the 0.5. Nice. <laughs> All right. And then next we've got Shazam number three, which is written by Tim Sheridan and art done by Clayton Henry. I thought this was pretty great. Casey, what did you think? I liked it, but this is going to be kind of something I talked about with the last Ronan. It's like, this was probably the weakest issue in my opinion of that we've gotten from it so far. Cause the other two were so good that this one's just like, it's, you're kind of like, Oh, at least for me, like, I think it's also cause I'm not a big Neron fan. It was just kind of a letdown in that way. But at the same time, it's still really, really good. I'm excited to see where it goes. But yeah, it's just like since everything else has been up here and this is like in this area, that's kind of been, you know, kind of where I'm at. Like if had it been like everything was here and this is still here, it'd probably be a nine. But since everything else is like, you know, right. Top tier stuff, this is just going to be a lower grade for me. I understand that. I also think it was the weakest, but I still really enjoyed parts of it. What I didn't enjoy was pages like this, where it's just yeah. Neron talking for like, I mean, this was like a novel page. Yeah. But um, it does kind of suck that it had to happen this way. But I liked Raven showing up and kind of saving the day because it's like, She's kind of the the deus ex machina, but I mean, I don't really know how else they get out of that situation. And the Titans did kind of, I mean, they were going to know that they went here. So it made sense that she showed up. I will just say, though, I, from the little bits of things I've seen near on in, it's like, how is it that Raven is that much more powerful than him? Like, he's supposed to be pretty high up there. And then, you know, he's just like, oh, bye, Raven, you know. So like, she, I mean, she's basically Goku or Superman. I mean, there she's just as strong as they need her to be. There's no, yeah. I don't, I don't know what her power limit is. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a letdown, and like they could have easily have just had, you know, the his powers come back or whatever, you know, and then the next issue have him deal with not knowing, you know, like kind of trying to still figure out how his powers work or whatever, and talking to. Dwayne the rock of eternity Johnson and you know see how it goes so that that was the thing that confused me because this I mean what is this teenage black Adam like what is going on here part of me like I honestly don't know I mean he calls him Adam I'm thinking it might be Osiris but he's dead so I don't know how that's gonna work so yeah well we'll just have to wait and see I guess Right. Timmy Timmy shares has got something planned. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like this may be the weakest issue, but Sheridan's a good enough writer and we've loved the rest of it so much that I have no doubt it's probably going to wrap up nicely. Yeah. Um so yeah. I 
I hate to give the same grade as the last one, but I'm at a seven. It's it's like a you know that's, a that's right where I'm at too. Hold on a sec. I have a dog that just burst through my door because I didn't latch it. So give me one sec. Sure. Okay, so next up is The Death of Doctor Strange, number one by Jed McKay and Lee Garvet. And I texted you right after I read this. And I, I mean, this is a spoiler for my feelings on this, but I'm like, I'm buying every single tie-in until this starts sucking because this first issue has me hooked. What'd you think? I'm right there with you, man. And like, I'm not even that big of a Doctor Strange fan uh you know it's just one of these like death of books and like jed mckay has been killing it on moon night so i'm like eh, i'll give this a shot and see what it's all about hopefully magic's in it because i like her um but yeah i i liked it way more than i thought i would and i'm not even that crazy familiar with a lot of the characters in this but it seems like everything's written pretty well yeah no everything i everything i've read i really really liked this from the stuff that i remember from when i used to read dr strange and then also we get bats who is the best character i'm pretty sure it was made by uh old donald cates and you know he he was the one that brought in bats and that's like the best thing donnie's brought to comic books in my opinion no offense to his thor run i really like his thor run but bats is just <laughs> such a great character and so yeah we got just some like i said some bats action we don't know who killed them i have a theory but i'm not gonna say yet because i partially don't 100 know the lady's name that i think killed them but yeah we don't know who did it there's some little bit of hints here and there though and i'm into this i'm 100 like i want to see where this this you know roller coaster takes us and also i just kind of liked I mean, this issue was essentially a day in the life of Doctor Strange. Yeah. But it also set up like his death and the stuff that comes after it. It it was it was great, man. Like Jed McKay is a good writer. <laughs> he is. He's a very good writer. So what would you give it out of ten, man? I mean, I know I know you're gonna say ten, but yeah. I, I really can't come up with any complaints as to why it wouldn't be. So I will also give it a 10. And also, I'm not going to say what happens on the last page, but I love the last page. Like the art, that, like the way he, the way the, this character that shows up at the end looks, how it's like a different look, but still like so good. Chef's kiss, just mwah, like awesome. I loved it. And the art in this is so good. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. Like I'm the gonna, I'm like really good. Yeah, like I'm gushing about this a little bit more than Jake. So I think I liked it maybe a little bit more. So maybe it's a ten point five for me. But we're just splitting hairs at this point. It's just really good. You guys should read it. You should. I. This is a reminder, Casey, for us to talk about this a little more after the pod because I want to know that last page where that's from, and I feel like you know what it's from. I really don't. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, oh, like really? it's. Yeah, I, I know mean, I've seen that before. As far as I know, it's just a different time period. That's mm. that's what I was taking from it, but okay. Either way, it was awesome. All right. And then we've got TMNT 
the last Ronin number four. Um, we got story by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and Tom Waltz, with the script by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. And then uh, we've got art by Kevin Eastman and Esau and Isaac S. Corza. So, oh, as well as Ben Bishop. So, anyway. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just wasn't like super into this one, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, I I liked it. I saved it for last as far as the books I was reading. And yeah, I liked it. But like I said with Shazam, it's just like they have the, it like the last run had the problem of having like one of the best first issues I've read in a long time as their first issue and then having to follow that from then on. Because it's like, it's, this was perfectly fine. Like we get some kind of cool fight stuff, some more stuff about, uh, you know, Casey and April's kid. And then also some of the deaths, which kind of had me, I kind of had a problem with was uh, Splinter and Donatello's death. Cause it's just like, like the art in it is so beautiful in that part when they're fighting. Yeah. But it's just like, oh, they all get shot with arrow, a bunch of arrows. And then like Donnie's like, father behind me, my son. And then it's just like, they're dead. Yeah, like I haven't read much Ninja Turtle stuff. Like same. I don't I don't know, but the the version of these characters I know from like shows and the movies and stuff. It just seemed like Splinter should be smarter and know when to retreat. And here he's just like, no, I'm going to kill that guy. And then they get shot down. Yeah, it's I mean, he did kind of goad him into it like the the dude did because, you know, he kind of showed up to fight. And so he's ready to fight him. But like, I just I just didn't like how it's like these are two. Like, I mean, Donnie's like a fan favorite and Splinter is such an important character. And it's just like, we don't, their, their deaths just don't get justice done, in my opinion. Like, you, you don't get much from it, which is just kind of lame. But seeing like, we ne- you and me have never seen Splinter be this much of an awesome, like, just killer, like straight yeah. up. Like, because we're usually used to seeing him with like, a, you know like his walking stick beating people up and this he's got a sword and he just cuts these guys head off anime style and it's so just cool right in half yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like with that i really liked it but yeah it's just like little things where it's like i wish we could have got a better death scene other than just behind me son they're dead i know man like i when it comes to like one of the turtles or splinter i want to be in tears after their death like i i want to be sobbing and this wasn't it so it was a letdown but the art during that scene was the best and i also like the throwback scene that Mm -hmm. uh you know with i think it's eastman drew uh about the you know up in the japan mountains and stuff and you know the the art on the rest of it's fine too i i think Mm -hmm. it's interesting that um you know that the casey and april's kid got some weird mutation stuff because yeah hanging around the turtles like it's neat 
like the fight with the robot guys i just didn't like really care about that stuff yeah same and then you just had like the only thing that's really cool about it is it get got rid of all of um whatever his name is the shredder's grandsons like all of his advantage with all of the you know weaponry like that's kind of like all that this led to so like that's pretty cool it's just it was just kind of a letdown of an issue but it's still really good i think anyway yeah um i'm gonna give it a six i think oh yeah i'm at an eight so we're we're a bit different there so i mean i guess you were just uh, a little bit grumpier this week than me like i like last week you know that was opposite well i mean the thing is is like we're so used to one and two being knock yeah. your socks off that you know yeah. i also saved it for last i was like oh man i cannot wait to read this and it just wasn't that great yeah, see, that's what was really funny too this week. I, the first one, first book I read was Doctor Strange. So I was like, I might not like this. And then I'm like, oh, dang, I really like this. <laughs> I mean, overall, it was like a really great comics week for me. I agree. Um, Same here, dude. Like, you know, I didn't expect King Shark and Miracle Molly to <laughs> grab me like they did. But, you know, yeah. I, I think it's great. Comics are great right now. Everybody should be reading comics. <laughs> and they should buy them from a fancy shop right ouch (laughs) (laughs) all right man what are you excited for next week so there's actually like a lot coming out this next week right um so i'm gonna say robin for sure i know it's kind of basic but blue and gold and then i'm probably gonna go with hardware i really like that series and i'm excited to read more of it nice so for me i'm gonna say adventure man it's back um and then i will say deathstroke inc because like oh yeah that's like yeah 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 about that and then um and i always i always say good asian so i won't say that this time um Let's go with. I'm gonna say Thor. And I'm gonna look into Legends of the Dark Knight. If we get a Grifter story, I'm gonna buy it. But if not, <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's several I could have said. I, you know, Thor. Also, uh, Mr. Miracle. I've been loving that one. There's like a lot of Icon and Rockets coming out. You know, Superman, Son of Kal El. Like this is my last chance with this book. So we'll see how that goes. What do you think of the last one? Did you ever read it? Uh, I did. I I don't know if I'm gonna stick with it, man. Especially yeah. on a big week like this. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Like I mean, like I said, this is gonna be my. It's 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 last chance. Yeah. Also, I know Batman Superman's up there for you, too. Oh, for sure, man. All right, so Fantastic Four time? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so I was just thinking, like, so why The Last Man came out? And it's, like, something that could be easily made into a TV show, and they kind of fumbled it. But I was just thinking, what about, like, four things that should just never be adapted to live action? Yeah, so I was thinking of not necessarily ones that are, like, so near and dear to my heart even though most of these are but just ones that i didn't think in general should be made so uh first one's headlopper i just don't think it would translate that well oh you don't think henry cavill with a great big beard just hanging out with an evil witch head would work 
I mean, it would like, Henry Cavill can make anything work, um, <laughs> but like it'd be way better as an animated show. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm gonna say Kirby's Fourth World stuff. Um, I don't know. Like again, probably better animated. And then Simonson's Thor. I say that because Marvel clearly can't do anything Thor related, right? Um, and I certainly don't want them to touch the best stuff in comics. And then this one, man, I I don't think would ever work, and that's Saga. Yeah, no, that's it's one of the things. Big. Brian Brian even said this once because people are like, oh, "You made Ex Machina, and then you made." Or you made Why the Last Man and Ex Machina? Like, you're just making stuff to make movies off of. So he's like, So I just made the thing that you could never make a movie off of. And so I yeah. bet, you know, Staples is sitting there like, Why can't I get movie money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Fiona is just the best. Like, we, we say that about a lot of people, but she truly is in like the yeah. top five current working artists. Yeah. It's insane. Her. And the stuff that Brian makes her draw. Yeah. <laughs> I love when he shares the, the text conversation. Yeah, same. So funny. All right. What and about then, you? Is there any that, that stick out for you? Yeah, I had some fun ones. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is Hank Pym hitting Wasp. I don't think they should ever do that in the movie. <laughs> you know, it's funny you said that because I almost did um, Identity Crisis that's that's on my list too okay. is identity crisis because it's like it's like yeah that's one that people like remember that's being really good but then it's also like terrible when you think about you know what they did to sue Dibney, like all of the stuff they did to poor sue it's like my god i know she's not a real person but goodness guy the thing Brad is Meltzer. is like if you're if you're somewhat casual though or uh don't think about things it is really awesome <laughs> yeah but it's like it's sim i'm gonna i keep like i feel bad just kicking tom taylor more and more but it's similar like how tom taylor writes where it's like here this will make you feel something you know it's very surface level stuff but you know whatever and then another one i don't remember like i remember hearing about this on comic vines so like i don't remember the exact story but um, so basically, Carol Danvers meets this alien. I already know where this is going. You do, yeah. So you can help fill in some of the blanks that, that's coming from my memory. Carol Danvers meets this alien. The alien then impregnates her, like, like kind of like controls her mind, impregnates her, and then disappears. And then he, she gives birth to that alien. And then they fly off into outer space together in love. But then like she comes back later and she's like, I was brainwashed, my teammates. Why did you let me go with him? Here's the worst part of that. The teammates were not supportive at all. And not yeah. just with that part. But when she's like at a very vast rate showing her pregnancy like more and more over the course of like days, the teammates are just like, oh, congrats, Carol. That's so yeah. great. They were, she's they like, were too supportive. I know. She's like... <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. And like, I didn't do anything to cause this. And they're just like, oh, that's great. It's going to be a little baby. Terrible story. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see them ever doing, I hope they don't ever do that. The pre Larson, that'd be pretty rough. 
honestly it might get me to the theater faster than current free larson captain marvel <laughs> and then the last one this is uh one specifically for you so back in the day john Byrne did a superman story that's one of your favorites and it's superman gets um brainwashed along with big barda to make a porno so i'm just thinking like how this could never be working in live action is superman big bardo make a porno that could be the title of the movie the character name sleazeball (laughs) brainwashes them into doing it and then sends the tape to mr miracle who is big bardo's husband that as casey knows turned me off from john byrne for a very long time so yeah, those those are my four choices. I want to go back to um, identity crisis for a minute. All right. Do you think that Brad Meltzer, like I'm sure Brad's like a bit of a comic fan just in general, but do you think he was an actual fan of Ralph or do you think he just saw Ralph and Sue as a means to do what he did to them? I think he saw them I don't think he was a fan. I think he very much just saw them as like, oh, these are two married people that like each other, you know, that are well liked. And this, you know, it's very similar to how I think of uh, Tom King with Heroes in Crisis, where it's just like, oh, these are characters that are liked. I can read about them a little bit. And then when they die, it's going to make people feel something. Right. So I was just like, there, there's no way he's like an elongated man fan. And then does what he does yeah and one thing that i was thinking about with that book too that like today that i was thinking about that just kind of like annoys me if like you're a green arrow fan and you're reading that it's got a and like a hawkman fan too it's got to annoy you because it's like like oh man people always think the reason why me and hawkman like this is like i'm paraphrasing but like the reason why me and hawkman don't get along it's our politics and then it's like it's actually because they voted to, you know, lobotomize Dr. Light and then Batman walked in on it and then they brain, they got rid of that memory from his head. And then like, that's why we're not actually friends. It's like, yeah. that no, that's stupid. It <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like, you don't have any animosity towards anyone else. It's no, it's just the bird guy. I don't like him. <laughs> he doesn't like me either. What sucks is like, you know, we're crapping on this book, but it's got such a great Hawkman moment in it too, where he's like going to beat the crap out of Batman. Um, at least I think it's Batman. Wait, is it Green Arrow or Green Lantern maybe? I don't know. Either way, um, one of them like threatens him and he just picks up his mace and is you know basically just like come at me bro but in a more eloquent way and it looks so awesome and it's like man i wish he would just smack him (laughs) one time with that mace to be great plus like rags morales like the art's amazing the art's amazing and it's just it it's yeah it's just kind of an upsetting upsetting story when you know, you actually read anything with Sue Dibney in it because it's like, this is such a wonderful character. It is. And I feel like it's not really resolved that well at the end. No, it's just like, it's just, oh yeah. The Adam is very sad now. 
Yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> I mean, they just, they arrest the, his wife, right? And like, that's pretty much it. He, he turns her, if I remember correctly, spoiler alert for a very old book. If I remember correctly, he turns her in to an asylum. Like, you know, he turns oh, her. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, yeah. and then he just cries and shrinks down to the point where he disappears. Yeah. Yeah. We, we are making it so that nobody will want to read that ever. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm sure Comics Headquarters has it in trade, so you guys could pick it up there. Uh, wait for a sale, though. No offense, Jake. I know <laughs> I know you want to make as much money as possible, but, like, wait for a sale. Because uh, that's, that's when it's at its, you know, you're at your best bet to get it, I think, yeah. as far as, like, not feeling like you wasted money. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. All right. Well, I think that's the end of the episode, huh? I think so, man. All right, guys, let's do the closing plugs. If you would, please go to facebook.com slash podcast and give our page a like. You can also find Casey over on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC, where he talks, you know, to other creators and stuff and, uh, and throws out what he's reading sometimes, and it's a good old time. And then uh, if you would, go to at two world spot on instagram that's where i am way more active and sometimes i'll post videos of what we're reading for the week along with some good bowie tunes you know you never know what you're going to get over there you can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com and if you would go to our youtube page that's two worlds podcast on youtube and uh this week if you head over there we don't have a story but uh a sort of spin-off show if you will that the casey proposed we do that i think sounds like a lot of fun and we'd really like your guys's input on it so please go check that out and leave a comment let us know what you think and as always please like and review uh wherever you're listening to this show five stars we would really appreciate it and hey we would love to stay in chat but we've got to reach final space bye guys See ya.